From a dot in the middle of the map, this is Midwesternish. I'm Gina Kaufman. Cult movies with strange plots, hidden dive bars with dartboards and wood paneling. The more obscure and tucked away things are, the more passionate, almost protective, their fans seem to be. That's certainly true of Roger Thomas. He keeps trying to get me to move to his hometown, Oric, Missouri. We are really close to Kansas City. 210 Highway is a good highway. You can get to Liberty in 25 minutes. You can be downtown Kansas City in less than 45 minutes. Why live here instead of living in one of those places? We have an extremely good school. It's a nice, quiet community. There's no crime here. People are friendly here. We, we invite people. I'm, I'll invite people here. Just like your friend who will not stop insisting that you read his favorite comic book, Roger, the mayor of Oric, desperately wants people to see what he sees in this town. He wants them, or actually us, to move there. He wants to save a small town that's only getting smaller, and it seems like a hard sell. But can he do it? Can he convince me to move there? And more to the point, can he convince you? Today, Oric is home to 799 people, just one shy of 800. In the last 50 years, it suffered some devastating blows. Two major floods and two hellish tornadoes. Between natural disasters, the transformation of farming, and the widespread decline of rural America, Oric has dwindled to a few square blocks. The main drag, right across from the train tracks, has just a few open storefronts a community center, a lion's club, a bank, and a cafe with home-style cooking. If it weren't for the cafe, which is bustling three meals a day, things would be really quiet here. And the cafe is for sale. So you're uh, packing the U-Haul already, right? Roger takes me on a tour, starting in what might be the most important place in Oric, the school. The only school. Roger went there all 12 years. Now he's a substitute teacher, a substitute gym teacher. I'm a bearcat through and through. I tell people that if you cut my skin, it bleeds black and gold blood. Wait, what exactly is a bearcat? Well, it's a cross between a bear and a big mean cat. <laughs> Roger shows me a display of giant photos mounted on the wall. One of those poster dealies you have to flip through. I'm in here. My wife's, my wife's here. My younger brother's in here. You know, I was in here in 1967. A tornado hit this school. A guy, a friend of mine, died right over there. Another friend of mine died in the egg shop. That tornado. In that tornado, 67. Where were you in the building during that tornado? Down at the end. Into that same hall where your friend yeah, died? This hall right here. Well, the, the one boy was right there. Another boy was in the egg shop. I was at the inn that, <laughs> that was the only room that didn't get damaged in the tornado. And the reason our room didn't get damaged was the, the window blew open and equalized the pressure in that room. We got hit again in 14. <laughs> same thing happened, the, except it was on a Saturday. 
and it blew the roof off again so we rebuilt if you would like to walk down this way i'll show you what happened then i know you wanted to go around town but but the school is the heart of the community so this is this is what happened in 14 the tornado hit tore the end off the school again a lot of people might think being going through stuff like that would not give you like this warm feeling it would be like terrible things happened and and I want to forget them and go someplace else but that doesn't sound like I mean it makes us tougher we it just makes us want to come back and 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 do it and build it again and keep going this is our town this is where we live this is a place that that we have to keep going Before Roger Thomas was a substitute teacher and mayor, he was a traveling salesman for 40 years. And he had to spend a lot of time away from Oric. And uh, I didn't really like being gone, but it was what I had to do for a living. Yeah. My wife and I left here. My job transferred us away. And we were gone for three years, and at the end of the three years, I couldn't stand it. I quit the job. Uh, I've traveled around the world. My job took me around the world, and I always could not wait to get back to here. What was the first thing you would do when you got back here? You know how the Pope gets off the airplane and kisses the ground? I never actually did that, but that's how I always felt. And I'm serious. I know you are. I can see that in your eye. Now that he's retired, Roger is totally committed to his town. I'm not a farmer. It, that's not, it's not the same to me. This is just, it's my heart is here. Uh, like I said, I moved away. I, I moved away from here three times and I couldn't stay away. It's, it, it pulls me back here. The school pulls me back. The town pulls me back. I'm, my children moved away and won't come back. It, it hurts me that they feel that way. I, I talk to the kids all the time here at school about moving away, getting an education, and coming back and making their homes here. This is a nice place. The fate of this small town may well be in these kids' hands. And if their form in calisthenics is any indicator, it's not encouraging. This town needs young people, and it needs them to stay because it's not just the buildings that are aging. It's the people. And once they're gone, no more town. Roger understands this, hence his crazy schemes. A free pizza night, extending the curfew, trying to create new places for entertainment. We make a lot of stops on this tour, and wherever we go... Roger has a dream. I want to show you the old school. The last class graduated out of here in 1954, and after it was a school, it was an apartment. When I was a kid, when people got married, this is the first place they lived. For about the last 20 years, it's sitting in disrepair. And <laughs> I'm not bragging about this, but I've mowed the place for the last four years. It's been in... Uh, it's always been in foreclosure, I guess, for the last four years. And we're trying right now to get a hold of it, to get control of it. What I want to talk about is the building next door was a roller skating rink. When I was a kid, this is where we went 
on they were open on Wednesday night and Saturday night for skating and a lot of times on Friday nights it was a dance there well the people got old and they they retired they closed the skating rink it's under foreclosure now I think this part is the guy who owned it died last week I'm sorry for that too. I don't know what's going to happen to it. I wish that we could figure out a way to own it. Well, in your wildest dreams, like money is no object, you know, anything can happen. What what's, what happens in there? It would be a skating rink again. Even so if the kids today don't go skating? Yeah. Because I, I think that they might be interested in skating again. They might be interested in dancing again. Give them something to do. We have to have something for the kids to do. You talk about that you don't want to tear things down because people have memories there. It seems like uh, you're you're very attached to memories. <laughs> What's that mean? I don't know. I want you to tell me about it. Well, I I think I'm attached to memories, but I think we could do things with the like that old school building. We could do something with that building. We could put a museum in it. We could put a, an art art thing in it for people that want to do crafts. We could do something with that building that could bring people down here. That thing you can do that will get it all started again? Right. We're trying to figure out that thing we can do. I'm glad you said that, to get it all started again. Because there is something. You just have to hit the right niche. That's my goal, to get people to say, wow, this is a cool town, I live here. Maybe they'll buy a piece of land and build a house. Maybe the, maybe somebody then will say, this is really neat, I'd like to open up a winery here. What's the wineries bring in? That brings in younger people. I, I have a dream. I really do. Maybe that'll bring in more people. Maybe this piece of land out north of town here, somebody will say, well, you know what? I think instead of growing corn here, I'll build houses. And then that school that's only got 288 kids in it now will get back up to that 700 kids because we got room in there for 700 kids. That's what my goal is. Roger has not settled on just one vision for Oric, but his aspirations for the town always come back to the school and the camaraderie of the town, that too. That's what these projects really inspire. Take the community center as an example. I saw that there's a sign that says there's an Opry there. First Friday, a bunch of it's a bunch of older people. I don't want to say old, but older people come in and they play music. What this, kind of music? It's old country music, old old country music. That sounds charming. Well, I tell you what, if you come here, there's a lot of people in there, but they're all 70 years old and older, and that. <laughs> That doesn't bring kids into our school. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it sounds awesome. Well, it, it probably is awesome to some people. It's just not awesome to young people. Wait a minute, you're a young person, so maybe it is awesome to young people. I don't know. Uh, the empty lot next to it, there's a sign that says there's a farmer's market. Are, are there a lot of farmers around here who grow things to sell at a farmer's market, or is it mostly like commodity? No, it would be gardens. Somebody has a garden and they have extra vegetables. So on Friday night, they can come up here and sell tomatoes, corn, radishes, lettuce, that kind of thing. Gotcha. 
farmers markets, country music, great schools. Okay, but seriously, what would it take for me to move to Oric? Well, let's see. I have a one-year-old son, and when I imagine raising him in a place like Oric, I guess I think about how much space he'd probably have to run around, and how the slower pace might free us all up to spend more time together without so many hassles and distractions. But that might just be me romanticizing country life, because there are always going to be hassles and distractions. That's just life. And Roger tells me I couldn't buy a house here because none are for sale. Plus, I can't help but feel like those few blocks of mostly boarded up storefronts just wouldn't be enough over time. The Opry sounds cool, but what if we wanted to hear other kinds of music or see a play or visit a bookstore? There's one restaurant, which, you know, I'm not gonna knock that. If you're from there, when you go to that one restaurant, all your friends are inside. The best thing Oryx got is that sense of community, so if I were going to build on that, I'd think about something like an arts residency. That would bring in new people. Maybe their projects could fill some of those empty old buildings with something totally unexpected. And it could spark some of the things young families probably expect if they're going to go to the trouble of moving someplace new. Things like access to culture, interactions with people from other places and different backgrounds, some connection to life beyond those few blocks for people who don't bleed black and gold. We're at a diner in Oric, Missouri, a restaurant that's the main gathering spot for this town almost an hour northeast of Kansas City. As you walk in the door, you hear townspeople greeting one another, updating each other on their health, their families, that kind of thing. Inside, it's a pretty bare-bones place with wood floors and big round tables, but it's very homey. Everything is forest green and mustard yellow. All the signs are hand-lettered. Old-timey kids' bicycles and toy fire trucks hang from the ceiling. And the tables really fill up. Older men wear work clothes and hats with the names of farm equipment distributors on them. And people routinely pick up one another's tabs on the sly. You know what you want to eat, man? Um, sure, hamburger and fries. What else? With no onion? No onion. Every morning at Fubbler's, you can see the kind of camaraderie that makes Oric Oric people pitching in to help out. Christy and Dave Nail also come here every day. They're both from farming families that go generations back. When you ask Christy and Dave what's really important to them about Oric, what makes it worth saving? It's odd, but they keep coming back to the disasters, like the flood of 1993. The big one came, what, July 25th, I think? 24th or 25th, somewhere in there, that range. And uh, the water, would, was starting to come into Oric. You could just see it. And that's where our community, you know, people were saying, have you got a truck we can use? Do you, can you all come help us? I mean, that's the way it was. Are there ways that the town has never gone back to being what it was before that flood? Are there things that changed and changed for good? Since the flood, Oric's lost 100 students the 93 flood, and that's a lot for a little community like this. It always comes back to the school. Dave and Christy were there with Mayor Roger Thomas at the high school in 1967 when the tornado struck the school and killed two of their classmates. Maybe it was there 
in that moment that their passion for Oric was really forged. My heart's here, and it always will be here. Is it partly what you've all been through together, do you think? Yes, I think a lot of it is. Um, I remember in 93 when, when Oric was flooded, nobody could get in or out. Well, there was a gas station out on 210, and we all congregated out there, and we kind of shared stories and, you know, told what we'd heard or what they had heard. And it was just a camaraderie that we have with, with the people in Oric. And I mean, you've been fighting for this place for a long time. Right, right. yeah. Just like my wife said, your heart's in the place, but you got to consider all the what your grandparents did and your great-grandparents did to keep this community together. It's just an idea of what all the stuff that they've done over their lifetime, too. You know, it just kind of sticks in your heart and you want to keep things going, you know. Which brings us to Fubler's Cove, the restaurant we're gathered in. When I walked in here, I noticed a for sale sign in the window. From what I gather, if this place were to close, it would be a giant blow to Oric. Fubler's has been owned and operated by Tim Hetty for the past 22 years. He does almost all of the cooking, plus mopping and sweeping. And he's typically here until 10 p.m. You might say this work is in his blood. I'm the third generation. My grandfather was in the restaurant business. My father was in the restaurant business. It's my life. What brought you to Oric? Back home, I was having a hard time finding a job because my father sold the restaurant and he passed away and they sold it. So I come up here to find work and I was walking down the street and I seen a for sale for lease sign on the building. And I went back home and sold my house and come up here and went in business. So you saw a sign that's kind of like the sign that's in the window now. Correct. Tim loves running this business. He loves watching the kids in town grow up but he's ready to let someone else do most of the work. And he's had a hard time finding even part-time help. Tim's had some health problems, so he really needs someone else to take over. I will probably not close the place. I will work until I die, if that's what I, if it takes. But I prefer to retire, but I'll still be here in business no matter what. Come on, we gotta get going. Come on, John, let's go. Back at Oryx Middle School gym class, mayor and substitute teacher Roger Thomas is relieved to hear that. I'm glad he said that, because I was worried about it. I'm glad he told you that. He sounds a lot like you. He's not, he's not letting the restaurant close. He would like to find someone to take over, but if it, they don't, he's just gonna keep going. I'm glad he told you that because that that has been a huge worry for me because he has a for sale sign on the in the window and that concerns me. Life in Oric can seem cyclical. Another flood, another tornado, another guy walking down the street who sees a restaurant for sale and jumps in on an opportunity. Roger says he's developing a plan for someone to open a coffee shop next door to Fubler's Cove one of his many dreams. But the question is, who will it be? You? 
This episode of Midwesternish was produced by Matt Hodap, Matthew Long Middleton, Laura Ziegler, and Sylvia Maria Gross. Sylvia is also our editor. You can subscribe to this podcast on NPR One or wherever you generally do that kind of thing. For what it's worth, I also host a show on Kansas City's public radio station, KCUR 89.3. It's called Central Standards, so head to kcur.org if you want to check it out. I'm Gina Kaufman.